Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Good heavens, all right, here we go. Um, another uh, fantastic time for Amanda and I to converse and talk about Bible and life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? That's what we do. I mean, go go, America. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd go that far. Or, go or kingdom Jesus. of God. Kingdom of heaven is much better. <laughs> yes. Kingdom of heaven. Go Jesus. Um, anyway, we have been uh, several episodes. So this is episode 40. That is, and actually it's 41 weeks um, because we had the the one episode that I, I put as a part one and part two and kept it as the same numbering. But this is episode 40. So we have 41 weeks of this. So we're almost to, we're getting closer to our, to our year mark. Um, we have, I just want to say to those of you who listen, whether this is your first episode or your 40th episode, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of what we get to do. Uh, the internet's kind of a weird and goofy thing, right? Where you get to just like, if you want, throw something out there. And so we did, <laughs> so we, we threw mm-hmm. something out there. Um, and it's been a fun ride for us. We plan on to continue to do this uh, for a goodly while anyway until maybe if we run out of things to talk about that's impossible <laughs> yes in fact it is we will not run out to run out of things to talk about so anyway um we are in several several episodes deep uh in luke chapter 15 so if this is your first episode you can jump in right here that's perfectly fine but you are going to miss some of the background on luke 15 so you have to go back a couple episodes where we started luke chapter 15 but Either which way, do do as you will, and you can definitely uh, catch up after the fact. So in Luke 15, uh, just a couple kind of making sure we're all on the same page in my handy-dandy new Bible. I'm pretty excited about this Bible. Like, I can't. Yes, she talks a lot about it. I did. Well, I'm excited. I love, no, I I love new Bibles. Okay, it's 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 fantastic. Anyway, uh, so parable of the, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost sons in Luke 15. But I want to make, just kind of go back uh, to who the audience is, because again, this is helpful to understand Jesus kind of mentality as he's giving these parables. So at the very beginning of Luke 15 verses one and two, it says this. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus is kind of giving these three parables as an answer to the unasked question of why are you associating with sinners and tax collectors? Mm -hmm. And so then we have these parables as kind of the answer. So we have talked at length about the sons, the lost sons. Uh, And so we talked last week. We, we, as you told me, because I had forgotten what we talked about last week, even though I was there. (laughs) It's been a long, it's been a long week. It has been a long (laughs) week. There's been a lot of stuff. Yeah, my brain is kind of mushy. It's like it's like mashed potatoes that have too much um milk. Just very runny mashed potatoes is my brain right now. But now that everybody has that picture in your head, we talked last week about the younger son and how he he wanders off, he squanders all the money that he got from his dad and uh comes to his senses and's like, "Hey, look, I'm starving to death. Folks who work for my dad have more food than I have. I'm going to go back and work for my dad so I don't starve." That's the Jenny paraphrase. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
we're gonna jump to twenty verse twenty one of Luke fifteen. Are you you got your yeah. scripture there? All right. So what translation do you got today? Um NLT. Oh nice, nice. That's a good one. Maybe we'll read both of them. I'm actually gonna read to the end. To I'm I'm gonna be optimistic, Amanda, that we can get to the end of this story today. We could we can do it. If Jesus can do it, so can we. <laughs> And if we can't, we'll talk about it again next week. It'll be fine. All right. So verse 21, chapter 15 of Luke. The son said to him, father, this is the younger son, by the way, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because of him, because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. All right. There we go. Any um, big differences in your tr- translation from mine? Um, not really. Okay. You know, it says, um, you know, I've been a slave for you and never once refused a single thing you told me to do, but you never even gave me the young goat. But, you know, then he comes squandering and you celebrate with him. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty much the same. Okay. Okay. Well, I just, you know, so last week we pointed out how the son had kind of practiced a speech for his dad and he was going to say, hey, dad, I've sinned against heaven and against you, no longer worthy to become your son. Make me like one of your hired servants and how he doesn't add that last statement. The son, Mm -hmm. I think, comes to the realization that the father had this just extravagant love for him and that the father was going to be able to not take him back as a hired worker to pay off the debt, but to take him back as a son and reinstate him and forgive the debt. And that's the story of Jesus, right? That's the story of, of what God has done through the sacrifice of Jesus is that our debt, our debt of sin is forgiven. Yeah. Yep. So for a lot of people, you can, I, you know, fairly easily identify with the younger son, right? We've, we've squandered our lives in sin, sinful living. And yet Jesus or the father finds us and redeems us, brings us mm-hmm. back to the fold. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> although <clears throat> to my shame, sometimes I find myself uh, with the, with the older son a little yeah, a little bit like, man, like, cause I, you know, our, sometimes our memory of our own sinfulness gets to us 
and be like, man, I've been doing all this stuff and that's the one you choose to bless. Are you kidding me? You know, not, I mean, not, but yeah. Or, you know, there, are they even, you know, mature enough to be here now or whatever? I don't know. But, um, but yeah, but that, that welcoming back in with no, really no conditions except for you're back in the family. Yeah. And it was more than the son could even ask for. And one thing I love about this too, is that the servants are excited. Yeah. You know, they knew about all these things, but they're like, no, he's like, everybody is excited except for one. The the (laughs) older brother. Yep. Well, and, and when the father says to the servants who followed him out, so if he can't say the servants, if they're not there. Right. So the mm-hmm. servants like ran after, like, what is this? Da- where's he going? What are we? Oh, the son, the son is back. And so he says, to the servants who have all gathered around outside the village. Remember last week, the, the villagers were all ready to perform this Kazaza and, and break the pot and say, <laughs> you're done. You're, you have no business here. And the father says, Whoa, I'm reinstating him as a son. I'm reinstating him as my son. Quick, <laughs> go get the bring the best robe. Who the best robe belongs to the dad, right? Mm-hmm. Go get one of my best robes. My robe, put him on him. I'm going to clothe him in my clothes. Why? Because the younger son comes back in rags. Right, right. He he has lived in this abject poverty. For so long, he's starving to death. The dad says, nope, go get the best robe and put it on him. And looking at Bailey's book, too, talking about the significance of the robe and the sandals. Yeah. You know, um, because servants or, you know, slaves didn't wear shoes. Yep. They're mostly barefoot. And then the the robe with the, um, you know, because in biblical times, uh, if you were working in the fields, you didn't have a robe, especially with sleeves that was a sign of of kind of an elevated status yeah and so he's like going the exact opposite of what you would expect if he's coming back saying please just make me like one of your hired men he's he's you know pulling kind of a you know 90 degree angle there with him and saying no i'm gonna i want to make sure everybody knows that that's not what's happening Yep, and the ri- and the ring. Put the ring on his finger. That's a signet ring. That's a powerful. Yep. That means he can make decisions for the family. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, back to the sandals. Yep, that means he's a son and not a slave. Um. But yeah, Bailey's book. It says uh, the father very carefully reestablishes the boy's broken relationships with each group in turn. He orders mm-hmm. the servants to dress him. Uh. Thus, the servants know that they must treat him with respect as a master like he reinstates this this boy he's not boy any longer he's probably in his early 20s maybe maybe not maybe late teens who knows but now he's back as a son he has been reinstated even though he messed up even though he he did exactly like the wrong thing to do the father says i don't care what happened you were dead and now you're not Mm. Mm mm-hmm so they, so the, they, to this feast, the fattened calf, the fattened calf is a, is a very special, uh, animal on the, on a, any farm in, in peasant culture is you have this one special calf or goat that is being especially fattened, uh, 
for a celebratory meal. Meat meat isn't something that they ate a lot of. And mm-hmm. think about it. They didn't have refrigerators or freezers. So if you killed a fattened calf, you'd want to have a celebration with lots of people so that the food didn't go to waste. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could salt it and there are some methods to, to preservation. But but ultimately, if you were killing you know, a fattened calf, it was it was for a celebration. It was for yeah, the whole the whole town's invited. Right, everybody's everybody's coming. Um, so here's some things from from Bailey's book, which I I just love this whole idea of of the younger son being reinstated. But he says only the father is able to restore, and restoration mm-hmm. is through grace alone. The younger son brings nothing home but a handful of filthy rags. Think about what we bring to Jesus. Mm. Yeah, nothing filthy rags right <laughs> the pharisees were complaining that jesus accepted sinners and ate with them jesus doesn't apologize in a patronizing way and say after all they're just so unfortunate of people isn't it our duty to show them some kind of fellowship no rather he throws down a challenge right he says not only do i accept them i'll run to restore them with open arms jesus not only eats with them but when they accept his love, he kills the fattened calf in celebration of the success right. of his costly efforts at re- reconciliation. And and by Jesus already eating, bringing these people to his table, he he is doing that same thing that the father is doing. By bringing people into his table, into his fellowship, um, now he's not doing for the poor. Like, like the Pharisees, you know, we give a little coin here, we give a nice blessing there, we do for the poor. He is doing life with the poor, already reinstating them into a place of honor within his own sphere of influence. Yeah. The distinction sometimes in Christianity, especially American evangelicalism, we uh, we can get really good at doing for the whoever. Um, there's lots of program, whatever. It's a whole nother step to do with when i say poor i'm not just talking about monetary i could be education um whatever whoever the least of these are in in the con yeah that's probably the least of these is probably a a good way to yeah yeah of whoever that is it can be easy sometimes to do four things you know because there's no while there is a semblance of relationship it, it isn't like full you know and um absolutely well because because it's one of those things like we can serve the poor in our community yeah. at a community meal or we can bring them into our building to give them something but then please leave <laughs> right it, remi- it reminds you of something that to me as a as a mother i'm gonna share something from my my past when i think back on this i think what are you so my, i was raised by a single dad i've shared that and so when my dad would go to work, we, we would need someone to look after us. Yeah. So, okay. So no one can call CPS. I'm a grown woman. My dad would go, my dad would go and he, Hey, he was building relationships with people who were coming out of drug, drug and alcohol rehabilitation. So he would go um, weekly to meetings and meet people. And my dad never struggled with alcoholism or anything, but, he knows what it's like to be down and out. And so he would go and build relationships. Every so often, he would pick one to move into our house. 
Okay. Right? No. What? And people would be like, what? But he says, well, if, if one, if I want them to see how to live in a family sober. Yeah. And I can only do that by having them live with my family. Mm. And there were safeguards in place. You know, um, they had a PO box so that if they had to leave, they could leave immediately and they wouldn't be a eviction notice. I mean, there was, there were safeguards that he put in place. Um, but, but that kind of idea, how can they know how to live in a community and a family if they don't have a family? Right. That same kind of thing, which, it, you know, and we had good ones and we had bad ones. We had one that didn't work out and we had ones that really did. And we're yeah. a solid part of our, of our, of our family growing up, you know? And sometimes I think like, can I, could I do that? I don't know. Maybe if the Holy Spirit told me to, it was definitely a Holy Spirit thing, but that kind of thing. Um, if we're going to actually have relationship, let's have relationship. Yeah. That requires a level of vulnerability that is hard mm -hmm. to, to allow. Yeah. And he trusted us to the them. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's intense. <laughs> I can totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I could see the the Pharisees, quote unquote, right. uh, really having issues with that. <laughs> well, the the Pharisees did have issues with that. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they did. <laughs> Man, alive. But I'll tell you what, it was different times. <laughs> true, true. Different set of circumstances. But yeah. But there is a, definitely a difference between doing for and mm -hmm. doing with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And who knows? We don't hear the stories in the gospel of the failures, except Judas Iscariot, right? We don't, you know, who knows? <coughs> Excuse me. Who knows how many people that Jesus. You know, we, we hear in John about those who, who said, Hey, Jesus, this is a hard teaching. Who can, who can stand it? And a lot fell away, you know, right before right. the end, um, whether or not they came back after the fact, I don't know, but you know, that happens, right? People are, people are complex things. We've got emotions, we've got thoughts, we've got you know dynamics of relationships and past history and trauma and triggers and all of these things that mesh together in sometimes very unhelpful ways to make us you know who we are and we have to work through all of that but mm. if we can if we can come to terms with how Jesus sees us i think of of mm. romans 5 where it says you know Jesus showed his love for us in this while we while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm. He didn't die for us when we were cleaned up. Mm, yeah. Cause that's not, if we could clean ourselves up, we wouldn't need Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. But we clearly can't. I mean, the law proved that. And, I, I listened through the entire book of Romans in one sitting, which I highly recommend you should do once in your life, um, at least. But um, it was super helpful. But one of the things that I noticed is is Paul's constant in Romans 
conversation about how the law cannot make you holy because we cannot follow the law. The law was there to show us what holiness should look like, like how we could do this, but it also showed us that we can't. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Jesus? Mm. Or if, while we were still God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, now having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Anyway, Romans is such good stuff. It's thick. Mm. It's a lot of theology, a lot of of stuff there. But um, back back to Luke 15. You know, now the the younger son has some has some decisions to make that we don't see in this story, right? Right. He's got to accept this reinstatement, right? Because he could say, "Look, Dad, I I thank you so much for all of your gracious, benevolent gift to me, but I can't possibly accept this. I'm going to go work as a hired hand." He could say mm-hmm. that, right? He could say, "I want to do this on my own. Thanks, Dad, but." He could, he could turn down the gift, but it looks like he doesn't, right? Cause he goes into the celebration as the younger son. So it says uh, in Bailey's book, the son now faces the temptation to indulge in false humility. He can easily yeah. refuse sonship, insisting that he's unworthy and demand servanthood. This is what I just said. To do so would be to insist on continuing to live in a spiritual far country. He overcomes this last temptation and in genuine humility accepts being restored, knowing that he's totally unworthy. Everything he has is due to his father's love and bounty. Mm. If we can wrap our heads around that as Christians, that we've been reinstated with the father through the blood of Christ. And that we are totally unworthy of it. And yet... He deems us worthy to receive it. Mm -hmm. Then I think it can help us to keep a right posture before Mm. the loving father. Yeah. I was going to say, I I was hoping another temptation for the son would be to just assume that he deserved it again. I mean, I don't see that here, but I mean. Right. But that, that trooper saying everything, you know, because he's, he's already squanders inheritance. The only thing he has left, um, is the relationship yeah um because everything belongs to the father you know um he has no no material claim in it anymore but same thing for us everything we have belongs to god every the every position that we're in is because of god's grace and i feel as i feel myself (laughs) wielding signet rings you know that I didn't earn right because of God's goodness. Yeah. I do want to mention one thing of just translational note um, that, uh, that Bailey brings up that I, you know, I looked into Um, in verse 27, it says, um, this is when the older son comes back from the field. Right. And he's like, why is all this partying going on? Like I left this morning. This wasn't on the agenda. This wasn't, this is an unplanned party. Like what's going on? 
and uh the servant or in in bailey's idea he thinks it's actually not a servant and it's just one of the young boys from the village it doesn't matter either way whoever informs him what's going on at the party the servant says your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound the has him back safe and sound um in is is you could argue um Give me a second. I'm going to look up the Greek, but the the Aramaic or the Hebrew probably would have been the word shalom. Mm. And that evokes a very different idea than safe and sound, right? Mm-hmm. Because safe and sound to me is like he's not injured or hurt. Right? Right. Right. Um, but in let me okay this the greek word is hi higanio it's where we get our word hygiene so that makes some sense right to be in good health um but when you go to the the greek old testament which is a septuagint this Mm -hmm. greek word is the greek word that they use for the hebrew word shalom so not only is he back safe from sound, but he's back in peace, right? He's back. The relationship is back. It's peaceful. There's no animosity. Um, it is well. Correct. He, All right. the re- there has been reconciliation. Hmm. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make here. So it's not just, Hey, he's in good health. Hey, he's safe. Hey, he's fill in the blank. Hmm. Also, I I just I'd forgotten this. I'm I'm flipping through uh, the the book. Uh, the word elder or older. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. That elder word um, is also a title for elders of the people, aka Pharisees. Oh snap! Bring it in, Jesus. Um. So there's no mistaking who Jesus means to uh, describe there with the older son. So yeah, here it is. When a Greek-speaking Jew heard the word Haganio, he or th- she thought of Shalom. Shalom does include good health, but it also means reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So a good, another translation potential. See, that's the, the difficulty with translation is you have to make judgment calls. Um, Bailey just su- suggests that it would be perhaps better to say uh, he came back, he has him back with peace or in peace or reconciled, something mm-hmm. of that of that nature, um, which I think offers, which is because immediately the brother's mad. Well, <laughs> the brother is probably more mad at the fact that the father has reconciled with his brother. Yeah. Like, no, 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 you can't reconcile with him. He did all these things he wasn't supposed to do. This is not in the rule book. Well, and he's like, about look- the rule book. <laughs> This guy left, took all your money, broke all these relationships you had in the community. I, meanwhile, have stayed with you. I've never slandered your name. I was out working. And I come home and you're throwing a party for this guy? Are you serious? Like, really, Dad? And squandering my inheritance to do so? Even though it really wasn't. Right. It really wasn't right. It's still all the fathers. But I mean, I have to think that's what he was thinking. Yeah. Because you're wasting all these resources that I am supposed to collect on your death. 
on this guy who already took his portion. Right. How dare you be so generous? Yeah. To one, yeah. To one like him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is why it's very easy to see Jesus placing the Pharisees in the category of the older son. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the crazy cross-cultural, like, amazing things the father's, father does, because, again, this is a culture that they didn't have windows, like, window panes on their windows, right? Mm-hmm. So, if the, if, this, if the brother is this angry outside in the courtyard, people can hear him in the house. Mm-hmm. So, everybody hears the son railing on this servant. And so then, like, the father comes out, pleads with him, doesn't command, mm-hmm. doesn't um, kick him out, say, okay, look, I don't have any time for you. Like, just beseeches him, goes and pleads with him, please, beg you, come in, be reconciled to your brother. Like, let's celebrate together. This is an, a joyous occasion. This mm-hmm. sinner, this tax collector has repented and come back. This is mm-hmm. a this is a cause for celebration, not a cause for anger. Mm-hmm. Pharisees who are mad that I'm eating with tax collectors. This is a cause for celebration. He pleads with him. That's that's crazy. He could have just demanded the son. The father had every reason. He has been totally embarrassed by this yeah. older son who refuses to go in. Could have said. All right, get off my property. You want to play this game? Get off my property. Because at this point, it is the older son that is that is refusing relationship. Correct. The whole town has reaccepted him. Yep. For him. And so he's the one saying, I'm the one now breaking relationship. Yeah. Because I'm mad. <laughs> right. Because I did all these things for you. Because my value and my worth is in what I did for you, not in our relationship. Mm-hmm. I see myself as valuable in your sight because I worked for you. I slaved for you, (laughs) never disobeying your orders. That's my value. My value is my obedience. Mm -hmm. The father says, no, your value is in sonship, not Mm. in what you do. Mm -hmm. Do I want you to do obey me? Heck yes. I want you to obey me, but your value is tied to who you are, not what you do. This reminds me about the Jesus's other parable. Did we talk about this already about the workers and the money? Yeah, but keep going. Oh yeah, okay. I, I was like, I talked to somebody about it. Maybe it was on this podcast. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, the um, a man goes out and he hires a worker at six a.m. and um, says, "I'm going to pay you a day's wages." Goes later and he needs some more hands. Goes at nine a.m., twelve a.m., whatever, up to six p.m. and then the um the workers that are just only worked one hour got a day's wages. So the ones who got there at 6 a.m. have worked a full day are like, whoa, if they gave him one, then they're going to give me more, a whole lot. And they get more because I've worked more. And then they get a day's wages and they're really mad. And he's like, why are you mad? I I told you when you got here, I was going to pay you a day's wages. That is what I've delivered. Right. But you're like, but I want more than them because my worth is in what I do. Right. But it isn't in the kingdom of heaven. Nope. 
we could go, it's getting time, but we could go into a really long conversation about um, Genesis chapter one and this idea of value. Um, Mm. I I read a very, or listened to a very interesting podcast about Genesis one and yeah. Anyway, we'll have to talk about that another time, but um, maybe next week. Yeah, maybe next week. God wants relationship. That's what he wants. Mm. I mean, ultimately, yes, he wants your obedience. But firstly, he wants your relationship. And I think if we rightly understood the relationship we have with God, obedience would be a whole lot easier. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because if you love, if you knew that your father had this costly, extravagant, over-the-top, sacrificial love for you, I think the response by default would be, I'm going to do what my dad wants me to do. Right? Because if he loves me this much, if he loves me enough to take me back after all the stupid things I just did, then I'm going to do what he wants me to do. But for the older son, he's like, look, I've done everything you've wanted me to do. But he missed the point. He missed the relationship. He missed the love and the, Mm. the care and the camaraderie of being a son to this dad. And you notice the story doesn't have a reconciliation. Like the story just ends. Yeah. Like the, the dad saying, look, I'm pleading with you outside. And yeah, yeah. he leaves it up in the air. Why? Because the Pharisees are there and he's like, you going to come in. You're going to celebrate with these two sinners and tax collectors. You're going to join us at the table. Cause you're welcome. You're welcome to join us at the table. Mm. I guarantee you, Jesus didn't tell the Pharisees that he, that they couldn't join him. The right. Pharisees just wouldn't join him because mm-hmm. gosh, eating with sinners and tax collectors is dirty. They don't stoop to that level. Mm-hmm. And we have to be careful after having been the younger son, for many of us, we were the younger son mm-hmm. to be reinstated in the, in the house to not become the older son. Yeah. And I, and I see it so like, even in my own congregation, sometimes they're like, why are you inviting them to the meeting or whatever? Right. And I was like, it was not here. so long ago I invited you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. And you're like, come on, guys. Yep. <laughs> you know, and it just it just makes me though think that God is not off. He is after a restored relationship with the father, with himself. But he's also... Uh, has a priority of restored relationships with one another. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ultimately that dad wants the sons to get along. Right. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, the story ends kind of sad. It's still broken, you know, but it's up to the older son to, to reach out that. Well, to to come back in the house, to accept being found. Right. And I, I, I think back to Jesus prayer at the end of the gospel of john or near the end of the gospel of john where where he said i pray for unity i pray that these god i Mm. pray that you would keep these disciples unified and not only them but those who hear their message through you know through the time Mm. just jesus prays for us which is its own set of like crazy that they be one as father you and i are one and and we're not because we let these silly things get in the way Mm-hmm. of our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. Now, there are times, friends, I'm not saying that trauma isn't real and people don't hurt you, okay? I'm not 
Mm -hmm. Please don't hear that because I think that there's times when we do need boundaries and there's times where we do need to cut people off from our, from our lives. If they've hurt us, if they've abused us, if they've, you know, caused trauma. But I think sometimes we're too quick to do it. Mm. Yeah. Um, Sometimes we're too slow to do it and we, we get hurt way worse than we should have. But, but I think that's, something for the Holy spirit to give you discernment about. And if we're in the spirit, if we're focused on God, if we're reconciled to him and walking alongside of him and following, you know, his will, then I think it doesn't make it perfect for discernment, but I think we're better able to hear the Holy spirit when he does speak. Mm, Yeah. And that's a daily waking up in the morning and saying, Lord, this day is yours. It's, and not, not out of obligation, not out of checking a box, not like the older son, not saying I'm obedient because gosh, darn it. That's what makes me valuable. No, I'm obedient because you love me. Yeah. I'm obedient because I love you. I'm obedient because I'm unworthy to be called your daughter. And yet you call me that. And so I'm going to do my best to do what pleases you. And do I fail? Heck yes, I fail. I sin. Um, I struggle with things that I'm ashamed to say I still struggle with because I feel like I've been walking this road for 20 years. Why am I still struggling with these things? Well, because our flesh is weak, right? Mm -hmm. Like our flesh wants what it wants. Uh, Romans, uh, again, because I just listened to Romans, Romans chapter (laughs) seven, Paul says, has this whole litany, the things I want to do, I don't do, but the things I don't want to do, I do do, right? He goes into... (sighs) Why? Because our our flesh is weak. But that's why it's so much more important for us to daily be in the word and daily be in mm. prayer and daily say, Lord, this day is yours and f- show me. Because, you know, when I when I'm reading scripture, amazingly, I'm not necessarily I'm not I generally I'm trying to think back. I don't think if there's anybody ever been a time that I'm reading the Bible actively not just reading it to read it, but actively reading it, like paying attention to what the words I'm reading or the words I'm listening to, if it's audio <laughs> that I, that I am also thinking about sinning. Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I'm actively reading God's word. Mm. Now, if I'm passively reading, if I'm listening, it's in the background, it's background noise, especially the audio Bible. If that's background noise, then I might be thinking about sin. Because it's background noise. But if I'm not... actively listening, and you, I I think that you guys are all smart enough to know the difference between when you're actively listening to somebody and when you're massively <laughs> distracted and it's background noise, right? I think you can know <laughs> the difference in your own world, in your own walk. Yeah. For my actively... toddler, I have to tell him to cup his, you know, move his ears forward. Right. I'm like, oh, put your hands on your, like, move your ears forward. Let's let's focus. Right. <laughs> well, in the world the world teaches us to, to not be active listener. I mean, think about how much media we consume mm. without thinking. It's passive, mm. but passive consumption is not healthy, right? <laughs> like, cause you can watch things without really watching them, but you watched them, right? Mm-hmm. Like TV shows or social media or TikToks or, I don't even know because I don't 
I do Facebook only to keep in contact with people that are geographically distant from me or to put fun videos of the lake because it's beautiful. But anyway, well, Amanda, we could talk more, but um, we both have some things we've got to get to. So this has been a fun conversation. I think we can, yeah. we can call it. A, I do want to, I think I do want to talk about that Genesis chapter one thing that um, uh, I'll send you the the link to the podcast so you can listen to it. And I just, how, we need to have a right perspective of our value in like God's value of us independent of our production. Oh, I'm down. All right. Awesome. All right, friends. Uh, well, I guess, Amanda, do you have any last thoughts, final thoughts for today? Hmm. I guess it would just be the beauty of community is that when we inevitably start to become like the older or younger son in our walk that we have one another mm. to bring back to the father yeah if we're doing it correctly and so don't don't hesitate to reach out to yeah. you know to come home yeah. and and be quick to receive yeah for the sake of the kingdom that's all amen amen all right friends Remember, as I always say, and those of you who listen can probably say it with me, because I, I think it's important. Um, God does bless us, not so that we can hoard it. You don't put your don't put a lid on the cup. Your cup overflows, and when it overflows, it overflows into the people around you. So God blesses us. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. We'll catch you guys next time.